Welcome to The Personhood. It's Nat Siagen here, your person, digital mentor, and strategist for the day. Our Passion to Paycheck Creators series explores in-depth conversations with professional creators across the world from different industries and areas of expertise who will share how they were able to turn their passion and projects into a profession and series of paychecks. Are you ready to grow together? Let's go. Hello, hello, hello. It is Annette Asia coming in hot from Magnetic Island, currently in local co-working space. Shout out to you, Suze, for letting us use this space today, which is part of Jungle Club. I've just come back from four days in Cairns and Cairns, and it was a creative conference which brought in some of the biggest players in town. We're talking advertising gurus, media mavens, marketers, creatives. Honestly, it was like an explosion of just visionary thinkers, founders, all presented by Pinterest, a social media platform that many, many of us love, BNT Australia and produced by the Misfits Media Company. Now, some of the themes that really drew me into going to this conference is around business, technology, creativity, marketing and advertising, diversity and inclusion. There were some awesome speakers as well from Zoe Foster-Blake, the founder of GoTo Skincare. There was Mark Ritson, one of the OGs in marketing and brand. I actually did his mini MBA course a few years ago and he is just full of knowledge full of lols so that was really interesting but obviously there were so many other brands as well there like twitch pinterest did a few panels listener so all around obviously these are just some of the things that kind of drew me in but i also wanted to be in a room in a place really connecting and learning from some of the biggest and brightest people in the creative advertising landscape, particularly in Australia. Now, another reason why I really wanted to go to this Cairns and Cairns conference is the opportunity to put the personhood in a place where it doesn't really belong. And what I mean by that is, you know, we're fucking, we're tiny fish in this landscape. So to be able to kind of go in and pitch the personhood and just connect with people in real time and test what we've been doing over the last 18 months was really, really cool. And I mean, let's be real. It's been so long since we've had events like this. So to have something about four and a half hours away from Magnetic Island, I was just like, yes, sign me up. But yeah, I really just wanted to also have fun and get back out there. And oh, wow, what a crazy week it has been. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about how this all actually went down and how I got there. But what really drew me in was obviously the lineup of speakers. We're talking Zoe Foster-Blake, the founder of GoTo Skincare, Susan Coghill, the Chief Marketing Officer of Tourism Australia, Mark Ritson, the OG daddy of brand and marketing. Anyone who hasn't done his mini MBA, you are losing out. And 
Obviously, there's some other really cool panels and brands that came to speak as well, like Twitch, Tinder, Listener, Reddit, Pinterest, and the list honestly goes on. It was crazy. So what went down, I I saw the event posted on LinkedIn three days from the event actually happening from a woman, Melinda Petronoff, the country manager of Pinterest. And I was so excited. I kid you not. I was so excited looking at it and I was sharing it to a few people, sharing it to my housemate, Danny. And I was like, we've got to go. We've literally got to go to this. It's only four and a half hours away from Maggie, three days away. And I was also like, okay, why would they be posting about it three days before it was happening if it wasn't sold out? So I was like, okay, maybe there's still tickets. And then I went and looked at the ticket price. And as a bootstrapped startup founder in my very early days, I realized it was $2,000 and I knew in my heart that I couldn't afford it at this time, even though it's obviously an investment and something that I definitely, definitely recommend now having looked back at how valuable I found it. But I felt a little bit disheartened. But I also started to think creatively about this and I'm like, okay, you know what? There could be an opportunity here for a collaboration with the personhood a community for creators and creatives, change makers to create with impact and to really educate. So we reached out to BNT Australia who had happened to be following the personhood on Instagram already, which is great. And why this is great as well for our audience to understand is when these brands are following you back, they can actually see your messages and your stories. It doesn't go into this like hidden vortex in Instagram land where you might not actually see it. So that was already a little bit of a win. So I sent them a DM and they gave me an email to reach out to from the Misfits Media Company. And well, look, the rest was history and they had a spare media pass for us and Next minute, I was looking up ways to get up to Cairns in less than like 12 hours, packing my bag whilst drinking many vinos before heading to an event at Selena, Australia. And I just kind of took a YOLO moment. I was like, all right, I'm going. I don't know how this is all going to happen. Didn't have any accommodation. Didn't know a single person going except Kitia Palaskas, who is a craft-based creator and props designer who is actually doing an installation at the main activation for Pinterest. That's it. I was like, I'm going solo. Just going to go for it and see what happens. I think, you know, in life you just have to say yes to opportunities that aren't always put in front of you. So I took that and I ran with it and in no way is this sponsored. This is all my own opinion and what really went down. We've always wanted to be as authentic as possible in everything that we do. So the moral of the story is sometimes if you don't ask, you don't get. And if you have a bigger purpose and vision, you really don't know what opportunities are out there. And also the reason that I am doing this 
podcast is to allow these types of things to be hopefully more accessible to people who might not have the the luxury of time to go up there or have the funding or the capital to also go. So I really do hope that this episode can give you some insight or educate you in some way and learn with us as well because we really are still learning. There was so much information, a lot to unpack as well. Now, I want to talk a little bit more about our interesting approach, which is all inspired by a book called Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi, which fell into my lap really randomly through a podcast by Stephen Bartlett, Diary of a CEO, and he chats to Paul Bronson, the world's number one matchmaker. So they were discussing this book called Never Eat Alone. And in a nutshell, it promotes the idea that networking is all about establishing meaningful connections, providing value, fostering a sense of community, both personally and professionally. And if you've been following the personhood for the last two years, you would know that this is 100% our jam. So naturally, began to read the book. And started reading it before going to Bali for a month to work remotely. And, you know, it's just something, networking is something that comes naturally to me. So I just love learning more about, you know, how to connect with people and the psychology of humans and whatnot. I swear in my past life I could have probably gone down the psychologist route. But here we are talking about marketing. Love that. But the reason why I kind of leaned into this book and heading into the conference wanting to really build a connection quickly. Like you have to think, right, when you go to conferences or any networking event of this sort – You have probably about 45 seconds to make an impression on someone. What are you going to do? How are you going to connect? What are you going to say? These are all the things that we need to be mindful of when we go to these events. So I don't know if anyone's ever heard of an elevator pitch, but just just think of it as, you know, you're, you're in an elevator with your idol. So it could be like Richard Branson, just throwing some names out there. And you have 45 seconds to pitch. What are you going to say? How are you going to present it? How are you going to build that connection really quickly? So, you know, in Never Eat Alone, Keith Ferrazzi really talks about this power of networking and your ability to also create authentic and genuine connections. Like that is so crucial. Like someone's just going to see right through your bullshit. So just make sure that you go to these events and you're showing up as the most authentic version of yourself and who you represent because otherwise people are going to see right through that shit, right? Another thing is that networking is not just about business. And when you look at it in the lens of that and building relationships across various areas of your life and business just being one element of it, and when you start to look at people as just people, all this bullshit, salesy shit diminishes and you're able to connect to someone on a really personal and human level. 
that to me above any other networking approach that we can kind of research or look into is just really is just be there and see someone and connect on a personal level before you start pitching your business or selling a product like just connect first and see if that interaction and that engagement is worth investing further and where it could go but also obviously you know just be open and say yes to opportunities I think one of the one of my most memorable um, days and nights at the conference was honestly like it was like what we were winding down it was 4 p.m I was lingering around the Pinterest booth waiting to get my second tattoo I was on my own, just drinking a vino, just waiting and got my nails done and in comes these two ladies and we started talking and also realised that they were from Tinder. So we were just naturally started talking about Tinder and like, you know, dating and I was telling them about Magnetic Island and how there's such a lack of quality men here but incredible badass creative women even pitched an idea of you know tinder in townsville if anyone on tinder ends up listening to this please hit us up we need it but yeah we were just having some good bands between us all whilst we were getting our tattoos and there was also networking drinks straight after this just down the road by reddit And I was like, hey, can I, you know, come with you guys? And they were like, yeah, definitely. So I just kind of ran with it and went. I didn't really want to go at the time, but I'm so glad I did because it turned out to be just like such a funny night. Ended up meeting the different marketing teams from Tinder Australia who are fucking awesome. And we were walking around Cairns looking for something to eat and failing quite miserably. But we ended up going to Feta's Greek Tavern, which was just hilarious. Like George, the owner of Feta's, is an absolute character and the food is delicious as well. So anyways, we went out with some of the team from Tinder, Max, Rose. Yeah, just had a really good night. We played conversations with friends the analog version and just yeah it was just so random and so fun and I think back and I go if I hadn't said yes or put myself out there and asked you know can I come with you guys I don't think I would have been able to connect with the team at tinder or had this hilarious night with the guys so I think that that's pretty fun and cool and you have to be spontaneous and you have to say yes to these opportunities that don't necessarily present itself. Okay, so now I want to talk a little bit about the pitching and this is not to be wanky or whatever but, you know, pitching is a really natural part of life And your ability to be able to communicate what it is you do, who you are, is really contagious and impressions really last. 
So obviously I am going in to represent myself and the personhood and the micro communities and creators that we connect and work with. So pitching for, it, it was actually really interesting because I'm not a SaaS person, like my background is marketing, but running your own show means that you do have to sell. And one thing I definitely learned is that sales and marketing need to be working together. And how you do that authentically in a way that really connects to the other person is really important. So my pitching strategy going into this as well was really quite simple. When people ask me, what do you do? Like, honestly, at these conferences, that's like one of the first things people ask. And you're also wearing these lanyards, which has your name and your business and a QR code. So it's all relatively quite well set up. I will give you my pitch so you can kind of hear it and hopefully learn from it. But really short and sweet. What I would do is obviously we would connect. And if there is a connection there, we would go beyond or one person will say, you know, what do you do? And our pitch was, you know, I'm Nat. I am the creator and founder of The Personhood, a humanistic community for creatives and creators to connect and create with impact. We're based in Magnetic Island and we're fully remote. Where are you from? Right? It's just very top line and it's not about you. Keep the conversation going. Like don't be that person that's pitching your fucking business for like 10 million minutes without asking the other person why they're here, what brought them here, what they do, like who they are. Be conversational. Obviously, we've got two services. So one is the values-led, new age, creative, storytelling, marketing collective, really supporting modern founders and brands and helping them create online with impact and personality with a focus on social media and content. And we operate fully remotely from any corner of the world. Now, the second USP and service that we offer and continue to build is the creative retreat program on tropical islands. So we were lucky enough to test and to pilot this program through Jungle Club and Frankie Ratford, who I originally did a creative residency with. But essentially these retreats are designed to like connect, to grow, to co-create, collaborate and curate adventures revolved around your passions. So depending on who I was speaking to, I would test these two different messagings. And ultimately, I also knew that I am in a room, I'm like a fish in a pond, fucking nobody. So my strategy was to do the reverse. And so it really varied depending who I was speaking to hilariously I the day before because we don't even have business cards I don't really believe in business cards to be quite frank like I think every single business card I've ever had I've taken a picture of it filed it into my phone and then thrown it out so let's be real I think there will be a time where business cards are going to be redundant considering what's happening to our planets and 
Does anyone use business cards? Let me know. Is this a controversial opinion? Not sure. Anyway, so we created digital cards the day prior with QR codes. We had one for our brand. We had one for our podcast. We had one for our retreats. And we had one for our creative services as well. So depending on the person that I was speaking to, this was the primary exchange. So for example, I was speaking to someone from Listener and they're really big on digital audio and podcasting. So obviously when I spoke to someone in this industry, the natural card that I provided was a link to our podcast. So you do definitely have to be strategic in these networking events too. The flip side of it is that it is a high investment and you want to get some value out of it. So whether it's a new connection, whether it's getting your business out there in front of someone else's eyes. So obviously, you know, you're not just like sitting there, la da which is why I think applying some principles from never eat alone or just having this broader understanding of networking and what it really means was very valuable. Okay, so now that you have a little bit more context of cans and cans, you know, how we got there, why we wanted to go, the approach and the insight around never eat alone, let's go into a little bit of a listicle format about the key learnings and some of our favorite panels and keynote presentations that were happening left, right, center. So the first one was a Pinterest conversation with Zoe Foster Blake, who's the creator and founder of GoTo Skincare, where she chats to Melinda Petronoff, the country manager of Pinterest, about disruptive marketing for her brand. And some of the key takeaways that I really got out of this, we could all apply, is the importance of coming up with captivating copy in a saturated marketplace, particularly. So GoTo Skincare really distinguishes itself by embracing this power of simplicity and uncomplicated messaging and really recognizing that persuasive, compelling, emotionally driven, but also fun and relatable copy is going to cut through in market. And I think this is a really interesting point too, because the message around marketing becoming very complex in this day and age was also brought up and discussed by Mark Ritson, one of the OG daddies of marketing and brand, and that we have really all started to really fuck marketing by becoming too complex in our messaging. So I think this is a really cool piece of insight that I'll definitely take away is, and what I took away from this. So when I learned something, one of the best ways to learn something is actually to ask yourself a question based off this learning. So what I wrote down based off this insight that I liked is how can I write copy with impact and more simplicity? Now, the second one is harnessing the power of customer storytelling. So an effective marketing tactic lies in the art of leveraging user-generated content and actually empowering your customers to co-create with you. Now, GoTo Skincare's approach is to really forge these powerful connections with its target audience and build a connection where it feels like they're talking directly to you. Basically, be fucking conversational, please. 
I cannot stress enough how many clients, brands, creators, people I speak to about the power of user-generated content and empowering your customers to actually do the storytelling for you. Whether it's a brand advocate, a brand ambassador, empower them in a way where they go out there and they are sharing their brand love with you. So I really loved this takeaway and the question that I'm asking is how can I get our community and our creators to feel empowered enough to tell the stories and one of the ways that we're doing that is through the podcast the personhood passion to paycheck but you have to know what questions to definitely ask to get this level of insight now the third point is and I love this one The art of selling lies in being specific. So by highlighting the unique facets of your products or services, you create an enticing proposition that captivates consumers. So go-to skincare success can be attributed in part by showcasing the distinct qualities that really sets it apart from anybody else. Now, specificity sells. That is definitely one thing that I'm not very good at often. (laughs) I know it's good to be specific and it's a work in progress because I'm a very passionate person. I want to do a lot of different things. But I do agree that being specific sells. And the more that we can all niche down, the more clearer your customers are also going to be on what it is you're offering. So the question that I got out of this is, how can we be more specific through our communication and positioning? Hey peeps, if you're still here, we bloody appreciate you. You know, we offer one-on-one creator mentorship, fun brand clarity, social media and content workshops, career coaching and digital products, including some freebies. Head over to www.thepersonhood.com to learn more and don't forget to check out all the links and resources in the show notes. Another keynote we really enjoyed is from Susan Coghill on Selling Australia. So Susan Coghill is the Chief Marketing Officer of Tourism Australia and shares her ups and downs and lessons learnt in developing the global reopening campaign post-pandemic. Now, that would have been one hell of a job. And she unpacks learnings from building this campaign and how they were able to get this into market and scale it as well. So this is really interesting. The three key pieces of insight is one, stop reinventing the wheel and embrace the power of unexpected stories. So she talks about how tourism campaigns globally can feel often quite repetitive, but their strategy in creating these unexpected moments and stories really made a lasting impact. Now, the example and obviously what the actual campaign was is called G'day, which was a short film integrating really unique, quirky, beloved, iconic animated characters like Ruby, the iconic kangaroo, which was voiced by a very famous Australian actor, Rose Byrne, 
and Louie, the lovable toy unicorn voiced by Will Arnett. So this warm Aussie welcome instantly was embraced by visitors and really made them feel this sense of belonging. And by infusing these unique elements into their short film as well, they were able to capture attention and really create a unique experience through this short film. So stop reinventing the wheel and really embrace the power of unexpected stories. Oh, and one thing I forgot to mention is that this also came from the Tourism Australia marketing team zooming out and really looking at all of their campaigns they had done over the many years and identifying key insights and not necessarily reinventing the wheel but amplifying things that were quite successful which is where the next learning and insight comes in is play to your strengths and showcase the icons of Australia. So based off this analysis of the campaigns they had done, they had identified some of the strengths of the campaigns. And one thing that continuously came up was the importance of the icons of Australia and how they could kind of supercharge this. And I think this is really quite interesting, particularly in the tourism industry in Australia is you know, there is a little bit of tongue-in-cheek in the way that we, us Aussies, interact with one another. It's quite playful, casual, cheeky, so really play to that. So she highlights that in a highly competitive market, it's really important to stand out and highlight what makes your destination truly unique. So they made sure the assets utilised iconic Australian elements, which was the kangaroo that represents our favourite wildlife and what we are known for. Qantas also has a kangaroo symbol in their brand. They also spoke the Aussie lingo and put a really fresh spin on the well-known song Down Under, where you come from a London down under, by collaborating with a very talented and upcoming band called King Stingray, who also performed at one of the after parties at the conference. And let me tell you, that was just next level insane. But by authentically showcasing Australia's essence, Tourism Australia really differentiated themselves and captivated audiences worldwide. Now, the third learning is how can we cater to the lowest common denominator? So Tourism Australia obviously aiming to capture global brand appeal. And in order for them to do this, they really catered to the lowest common denominator to really ensure this accessibility and scalability across the different markets across the world. So obviously they went into localize their campaigns to markets like the UK, Germany and beyond and obviously ensuring cultural relevance. But by striking this balance between global and local assets, they were actually able to maximize their reach and appeal. So the three kind of questions that I took away from this that I will be applying into future clients that we work with in travel or the personhood is one, how can you instantly connect with an international audience through your marketing, through the assets, through the icons that you use? How can you cut through the clutter of the destination marketing um, internationally? 
And how can you cater to the lowest common denominator? So there's a common theme that keeps coming up here. It's this, how can we all kind of simplify and still be unique, but how can we really cater to the broader audience through our messaging, our comms, our marketing, our content, everything? Okay, so one of my favorite panels was led by Twitch. And for those that don't know Twitch, they're a massive platform for gamers and live streamers. And the whole panel was how can brands create diverse and inclusive experiences for the gaming live streaming community? So Twitch found that there has been a shift in the social codes, influencing people, millennials, Gen Z, Gen Alpha demographics after they ran a global survey interviewing 6,000 people. This was a panel which really spoke a lot about the importance of diversity and inclusion, which is a key topic in this conference and led by Jen Bojko, Director of Client Insights and Measurement at Twitch, Gemma Battenborough, the Head of Brand Partnership Studio at APAC Twitch, Joyce Chua, the Communications Planning Director of Essence Media, and Jordan Raskopoulos, Twitch Partner and creator. So the three pieces of insight that I really, really took away from this and that I absolutely loved is that one is that Gen Zs are really looking for these key shared experiences. And there was such an important discussion around the ability for brands to create these spaces where it allows Gen Z to express their identities. And by empowering this fluidity, exploration, and freedom, the engagement of the person increases when their identities are also accurately reflected. So in essence, people want to be seen, heard, and acknowledged, and they want to belong. Now, another thing that came out is that maintaining joy is not only a personal responsibility, but a collective one. Gen Z particularly believes in driving positive change and making the world a better place for all. So building safe spaces online and in person is really crucial. Now, creating content that also resonates with different individuals' moods and really fosters this sense of community and connection is so essential. So how can we all establish safe spaces where people feel comfortable, accepted, understood and seen? Now, the second point, which is really important and something that we have been advocating for the last two years is brands need to increase the representation of marginalized communities and creators. There's a lot of research now that is evident that minority groups represent double digit percentages. So marginalized communities and creators have become a significant and integral part of the creative landscape and ecosystem. And as a collective, we all have a responsibility to do better in representing these minority groups, particularly the LGBTQIA plus transgender community and people of color. Inclusion requires genuine representation and active efforts to uplift and amplify diverse voices. Now, I also want to extend this 
this was not mentioned at the panel, but there is a quote that I absolutely love by a woman called Liz Foslian. This quote is, diversity is having a seat at the table, inclusion is having a voice, and belonging is having that voice be heard. A sense of belonging is not the same as feeling similar to everyone else. Instead, it's when you feel safe and valued for embracing what makes you different. Third point is normalize everyday inclusion is the way forward, right? We need to genuinely represent real people, particularly for these marginalized communities and creators. It's so crucial to the industry and to authentically represent these communities in traditional media allows us to be a more inclusive society as well. Another thing that was really highlighted by Joyce from Twitch is the power of inclusive media. So inclusive media has the ability to directly impact communities and contribute to the empowerment of individuals representing various minority groups. Now, to truly achieve inclusivity, we actually must ensure genuine representation of marginalized communities in the traditional media setting. Trust the creator, embrace the chaos, challenge conscious biases within agencies and understand that our privilege as marketers are crucial steps to foster inclusivity and break free from that default assumption of what we think should be the creator that we work with, the talent, the influencer, the artist, etc. Now, it is also vital to consider the decision-making process behind the scenes. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I've been across client side, agency, tech startups, etc. And they're I can definitely safely say that the most inclusive companies, communities, brands, the ones who do it right, are the ones who have creators, creatives, marginalized communities, and people in every aspect of the media creation process, not just an afterthought. Now, this was a really important discussion because a lot of brands talk about diversity and inclusion, but they're not really doing shit. A lot of brands talk about mental health and well-being, but what are you really doing? Let's not put a band-aid over these issues, right? Let's not say that we are advocates of mental health and well-being and simply offer meditation and yoga classes. Let's actually systematically change what is broken in the first place. And that is often that people, employees, creators are burnt out because there is not enough support, resource, education or care in their personal development and growth. And it's a systemic change that needs to happen. So I think there was a lot of key takeaways here and we can all definitely create a more inclusive and equitable future where everyone's voices are heard, seen and valued. We all have to challenge ourselves to make a more positive impact. So three questions that we took away from this is how can we 
The person would help marginalised creators and communities express their identities in the most authentic way, including the ability to forge deeper connections and work with more diverse communities. Second question is how can we build safer spaces online and in person? We do a lot of one-on-one coaching, mentorship, workshops, online meetups as well and we run creative retreats in person so what are the little touch points that allows us to build these safer spaces for people to feel seen valued and heard third question is how can we create positive impact on diversity and inclusion and actually back that up with action now we're on to a keynote by Erin Elofson, head of Canada and APAC region for Pinterest, where she discusses that a better internet is possible. And some of the key takeaways that I got out of this is that social media is fueling a mental health crisis. So revealed by a piece of research is that eight in 10 youth mental health specialists that Issues such as social comparison, cyberbullying, hate speech and unrealistic beauty standards are pervasive on these platforms, leading to body satisfaction and negative body image. So it's crucial to address these concerns for the well-being of our youth. Now, a case study that was done by Dove, which is called the Self-Esteem Project, they had findings in 2023 that shed light on the impact of social media on young people. And that crazily, 50% of young individuals report feeling anxious due to their social media experience. Now, further to this, exposure to harmful beauty content on these platforms can really result in physical consequences like eating disorders and self-harm. Now, Dove is the world's largest provider of body confidence education and is really committed to tackling these issues head on and I think that is really really powerful particularly in this day and age. Now the third point is that you know emphasizing on positivity can really be quite beneficial as a business and that we can all do better to incorporate well-being into the foundations of our business So an example that they highlighted is Lush Cosmetics. They took a really bold step in 2021 by quitting social media platforms like Facebook, Instagram and TikTok and redirecting their focus. So they actually encourage people to be somewhere else when they go into these channels. So this move really underscores the need for big tech companies to prioritize ethical regulation, privacy, and data protection. And there's definitely more that we can all be doing to foster a healthier and more responsible digital landscape in the future. Now, for us, that leads us to three questions that we're asking ourselves is how can we put well-being at the foundation of a business model? So for us, it's going deeper into creative retreats and exploring creative retreats with well-being programs and really fostering collaboration between creators and mental health specialists. So that is something that we have trialed in the past. So keen to kind of re-enter and see how that could look. 
Second one is how can we reduce toxic content on the internet, increase content that makes you feel empowered or positive? So we're going to continue really creating with impact and to educate, which is why we are also doing things with purpose and meaning across our social channels, on our podcast, on our website, and in every interaction that we have. And the third question is how can we empower creators to navigate social media in a much healthier way? So for example, every Wednesday, I like to call it Wednesday, well-being. And it's really about being conscious about digital well-being and setting healthier boundaries and providing, you know, tips on how we can all do that. So we had a creator meetup called Monday Mindset, which invites different creatives and creators to jump online to connect and to talk about what projects we're all doing individually and to see if we can kind of problem solve each other's different businesses and it's really to all re-inspire one another and problem solve and connect. That was a really interesting keynote for us as well. Now there was a lot that happened in this conference. It ran for four days. It was very well executed It was engaging. As soon as you stepped in, there was just a good energy, a good sense of connection, good people, good stalls. Even the giveaways were awesome. The Pinterest activation by the Park Agency was incredible. It had a tattoo studio where you could get micro tats. You could get your nails done, you could get your hair done. They did like a cocktail bar station. It had really cool installations. There was this really amazing mint wall, which had some of the top selling products on Pinterest. And I just thought it was so well executed, so interactive, so engaging. And without it, I'm not sure if it would have had the same impact. So shout out to the Park Agency for creating something fucking awesome, very colourful, very on brand, well done. Now, the different stalls were also awesome. Every component, like every trade desk, every other brand amplified the experience. So there was like mood tea where all of their profits goes to young mental health programs so you could get delicious tea from there there was an experience by a listener which was like a cocktail experience where you had to listen to this immersive 3d audio piece where it would instruct you on how to make a cocktail and it was really quite immersive experience and then you would go in to enter a competition where you could win this like whole listener pack which was quite cool I thought that was awesome the lunches were delicious there were so many highlights oh my god the Pinterest after party wow that was incredible that was at the Tanks Art Center and as soon as you walked in it was just like wow like I have no words for it it was like jungle neon lights people dressed up food bars King Stingray headlined the festival. There was a little art studio in there as well. It was just a whole vibe. Seriously. Pinterest, you know how to throw a party. I really feel like it was quite 
a interactive engaging experience and the people that were there were awesome the people that I met were just really interesting and cool and as someone eloquently once told me your network is your net worth so get out there and fucking network But honestly, one of my main key takeaways is really quite simple. I believe that the power lies in our ability to connect authentically to our people, to our communities, colleagues, businesses, the planet and each other. And the second takeaway is ask better questions and don't be afraid to get out there, put yourself out there, put yourself in places you don't belong Speak up, be wrong, rethink what you know, rethink what you don't know and just be someone who is open and aware and ready to connect. Friends of the internet, thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this app and you want to support us, please share it with other creators or leave us a rating and review. To stay up to date, you can follow me on Instagram at nat.asia and our community at The Personhood. See you next time.